what i really feel sorry about for the guy who is at the top of pisgate is that it must have been a really slow news day all around i mean i think he caught everyone on a day where they were just so desperate for content <laughs> the calendar had a gap and he filled it just beautifully um and i think that's the challenge with content calendars right like how do you just keep on churning keep on churning at the quality that you need to be churning well if you ask the folks at the daily mail i think prince harry is going to keep them busy for a while can he just ride into the sunset already please but while the daily mail is sorted the rest of us not so much because yeah i mean producing things on a daily basis is not easy and somehow it feels like the only way to stay in the attention game is to produce things on a daily basis right and somewhere when we discuss tools like chat gpt there is of course the promise of being able to churn out more but uh, the more i work with the tool and i try to kind of you know ping it with different prompts and see what comes out i'm also realizing that more is not always better right mm-hmm. so and that's the strange i think um, weird conundrum that we sometimes find ourselves in which is on the one hand you have to keep at it you have to keep running on the hamster wheel for lack of a better word uh, but at the same time you have to keep constantly delivering on that quality right so yeah big challenges big challenges for sure yeah let's let's dive into this because it's just jan and we can't feel exhausted so early <laughs> Welcome to the Damn Good Marketing Podcast. Is it a new year already? I still feel like we're stuck in 2022 because my content calendar doesn't seem to be taking a break as such. But what really does it take to produce good content consistently and all the time? Now that's something that we are finding out we are very much on the journey just like you and we are also figuring it out and one thing that comes to mind Subha is to do things that we are either good at or we are willing to be good at right so i know for a fact that there are some domains and industries which for whatever reasons i may not find exciting right but there are some like aiml there is retail saas there are all these mundane looking domains and verticals which i can actually get super excited about because there is something so attention grabbing about these domains like how do you scale a product how do you get people to subscribe at scale how do you do things that have not been done before right like that i definitely see the excitement and uh, therefore it's easier sometimes to i think keep talking about things that you know uh, or you are at least willing to kind of figure out i'm surprised i didn't hear like life lessons from the marvel movie that just came out but that's also on your list i know This really is not releasing soon enough. <laughs> yeah. So I I really I feel this pain very often of how to keep putting things out there and how to keep putting things out there that's meaningful right because I think a lot of it like you're saying is about the quality of what you put. And that quality comes when only when you you know either have deep expertise or just deep feelings towards a certain topic yeah. or something that's happening or something that you're working on so there has to be some kind of a strong connection for you personally uh, for you to be able to churn something out and and make it something that a 
good set of people would want to read or consume somewhere uh, when we were kind of doing the content calendar for motley crew and it's never easy like as much as we are able to consult and give advice externally it's not always the same when you're doing it for yourself because you're so close to the problem statement right and somewhere i knew that we didn't want to be the people who put out the top 10 uh, seo trends for 2023 or the top 10 uh, copywriting tips uh, that will whatever right so that's not really what we are going for so then it kind of opens up that chasm of what will you go for right like what what's going to fill that void and after much kind of deliberation and the two week break that we kind of took really helped clarify I just want everybody in the team to now write about things that are part of their lived experience right and to the extent that we've even opened it up saying designers don't have to necessarily write they have the flexibility to do videos do infographics do reels do whatever it is that feels like flexing that side of things so and people have come up with some very interesting ideas so one of our writers who doesn't come from the domain or doesn't come from agency experience is now writing a blog post on her first 90 days at an agency for the first time in her life i know it's going to be a good article right and the next one that i am going to set out and write is called is 2023 the year that digital marketing dies right? so there's actually a lot of excitement surrounding these topics already even before they have come to life because a it's mm-hmm. part of our lived experience b uh, none of us are assuming that we already know everything right we are curious yeah. so it kind of exercises that muscle as well so i would recommend that anybody who's kind of on that content journey will a have to uh, you know put in that elbow grease as we call it right like don't outsource from day one i think uh, and all of us can communicate it's not that uh, you know a content writer is probably doing a slightly better job of articulating and storytelling and all of that but beyond that we can all write four sentences and it becomes something meaningful so i i really think that everybody should write their own content at some point in time very true but you know the challenge that i find hasita in the write your own content uh, attempt is that a lot of what i am going through personally and i am thinking or the point of view that i have about something uh, comes hmm. to the forefront which is a good thing most yeah. of the time but there are times when i think hey is this what my audience wants to keep hearing about like if i'm yeah. taking 3 4 months to let's say learn something new then i'm very charged up and my mind is always about hey i'm learning hey it's something new hey i'm challenging myself but maybe that yeah. audience of mine is thinking something else they're thinking about growth or scale or uh, you know performance right so yeah. Yeah. really having a strong sense of who i'm speaking to uh, perhaps would help clarify it uh, that should That's i talk correct. about this or not you're actually you're spot on because uh, and and i'm going to take that example of where you said am i thinking about growth am i thinking about scale am i thinking about performance for example or whatever else uh and that's where kind of as the creator of that piece of content i think the onus is on us to consider do i want to talk about growth do i want to talk about scale do i want to talk about performance uh mm-hmm. because we cannot cater to everybody in fact i would go so far as to say that we shouldn't be catering to everybody because these are all extremely deep and vast domains and that's true of anything in life like tomorrow you get curious about microbiology for example that in and of itself is a world of knowledge right so and we see this in academia where the more people begin to specialize and i used to be so jealous of some of my seniors who went got their phd's and i would read the topic title and i feel like 
this is so specific you know but it's because they've managed to be so specific they've been able to do good in depth work so kind of coming back to should you then talk about a b c i would say talk about a maybe to some extent talk about b but definitely don't extend the realm of you know conversation beyond that unless it's really necessary no makes sense uh, that that single mindedness about who i am speaking to has always been helpful in terms of any kind of whether it's an email i'm sending or uh, you know the podcast episodes that we do or even sometimes conversations when you truly understand that hey this person is somebody i kind of want to attract into my world yeah uh, your pitch itself becomes that much more attractive very different yeah yeah so true In fact, uh, when I was talking to somebody recently, uh, they told me that in a month and a half, they managed to uh, a design all of their web pages on Figma, which in itself is like a big win in my mind. Uh, they've also finished templatizing their social media creatives, and they've gone ahead and prepared. Suga, you will not believe, fourteen podcast episodes. Wow! The last time we spoke, which was hardly forty forty five days ago, none of these things existed, right? and mm-hmm. you can feel that excitement and that energy and somewhere i had to kind of pull the guy back and say hey are you doing too much and then i realized actually he's not he's just leveraging on the energy he's got and the passion that he has for that one domain right mm-hmm. and sometimes when you Im- when we imagine i think that we are talking to this one individual or we are talking to this one small group it's so much mm-hmm. easier to know what to say as well right like we know that this podcast is meant to empower the small business owners and the startups right so tell them things that are sometimes you know not really said behind closed doors so knowing that just makes our process easier as well and more satisfying i think and i'm thinking hasita like i mean we know how much time and energy a podcast episode takes oh, so sure. if once done for 14 of those plus web design plus writing you know up, getting the calendar in place etc it must come from a deep level of expertise right like you you have all the information and the know how and you're putting it into different forms and structures and so i think to be able to put out so much um you need to know what you're talking about for sure i mean uh, so content creation i think can happen in one of two head spaces right one head space is to say hey i am the expert and i've accepted that i'm the expert which is actually very difficult for a lot of us to do and it reminds me of the neil uh, gaiman and neil armstrong story of both of them feeling like imposters and that they didn't belong uh, maybe we should add a link in the show is a very sweet story right so sometimes even for us to come up and say hey i am the expert is very difficult it's not an identity that we can own but once you own it that's an extremely strong positioning because it cannot be taken away from you very easily right so even on linkedin there are so many content creators uh, and there's one that i discovered as i was preparing for more brand workshops last year and hopefully this one as well uh, his uh, pseudonym is baron savage uh, i'm really struggling to remember what his actual name is uh, and he's got a reason for that name as well because it's quick recall right you can't forget those two they call pineapple words because they are not easy to forget right yeah. uh, and i have about you know 30 40 of his pages bookmarked at all times because i know that his website is all about resources for a brand strategist he has the tools he has the frameworks he has examples of where he's applied it where it has failed 
right? So it just makes my life so much easier because here is somebody who knows who they are talking to, right? His audience on the website is other brand strategists. I saw the same thing even with Scott Galloway when he was doing a section four course. Having an opinion comes from that place of saying that, hey, I am the expert and I know what I'm talking about, right? So that's one kind. Now, obviously, all of us can't be experts in everything from day one. It's pretty much impossible for a lot of us, right? So the other kind of thing that I found really works is to say, hey, I'm on this journey. Come along for the ride. Right. Mm. So there are creators like Brendan Hufford on LinkedIn who mostly talks about SEO for SaaS. Right. And his LinkedIn headline itself for a very long time was I uh, learn about the world of SaaS and share as I learn. Right. So a variation of that. So you know who he is and you accept that, hey, here's somebody who feels like my peer. Right. Mm. Somebody who doesn't know everything. But I'm willing to go along on the ride because he's sharing a lot of tactical insight, right? Mm -hmm. And therefore, based on your positioning, again, your content has to show that variance, right? Like Baron Savage, for example, when he talks about the balance scorecard, he's got a very nuanced perspective on how and where to apply it, right? And therefore, you're like, okay, I've sat in this amazing lecture and I've learned something. And therefore, if he were to make blog posts and case studies, uh, I wouldn't expect to see too much of him on LinkedIn because in my mind, he's above, way above in terms of, you know, references, right? But a Brendan Hufford is my peer, right? He's my classmate in some in that sense. And so he's on LinkedIn saying, hey, I found this out. I discovered this. So it's all very exciting. I think largely content can fall into uh, both those buckets. But I would strongly advise against trying to fall into both at the same time. True, true. I think the second one, uh, you know, the journey story should eventually lead you to the expert story, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Because we'll all start off not knowing much or being a beginner. And uh, I think putting it together, obviously, these guys know their audience. They know exactly who they're speaking to. And they yeah. come from, like you said, one of these two buckets of either being the true voice or being the voice that has an opinion or being the voice that's figuring it out um and you're right as a as a content consumer the voice that's yeah. figuring out is a lot of joy to kind of go along with right yeah, because yeah. there's ups and downs um there's little things that uh, remind you of mistakes you made uh there's little things that tell you hey thanks for that i can now avoid this yeah, you know? yeah. And there's that sense of discovery that, hey, I spent my time reading four things so that I could come to one conclusion. And that's always so the interesting thing. So since I bought a Kindle and I'm finally converted into the software side of things, the thing I'm reading like a monster is the Clifton Chronicles by Jeffrey Archer of all things. Right. And I thought, oh, I'll read all these strategy books and I'll be this fancy brand strategist. But instead, I'm I'm reading Jeffrey Archer. But the other day I was thinking and we are preparing for a brand workshop uh, with a company that has six different subunits and they come from a slightly public uh, unionized kind of setup. Mm-hmm. And it's only in reading the Clifton Chronicles that it suddenly struck me that in companies of that nature, there is also the employee voice, which you have mm-hmm. to take into account because there are legal tenets around how those uh, unions are organized as well. So without Clifton, I would never have found that out, right? So sometimes it's good to be the person who's still on the journey. It's a very fulfilling place to be. Yeah. So I think that's uh, that's an opinion that both of us hold very strongly, right? You don't know 
what will trigger what in terms of uh, not just what content you consume and what you enjoy, but also because of that, what you take up next or do next. Yeah. Um, yeah. So these journey conversations are equally or if not more valuable because yeah. like you said, you feel like you're, you know, with a with a classmate or with a you're you're in that same boat sailing Zone. with them. Yeah. 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 So true. Yeah. Yeah. But now if I've kind of got my audience or I've got clarity, let's say, on my audience and I've got um some idea of my voice, right? Is it the the learner voice? Is it the expert voice? Uh, or you know, and I've and I've got that clarity. Then comes really the tough part, Hasita, of just kind of <laughs> doing this day in and day out. I just feel yeah. like so many start with all of these good intentions, and then they become their own roadblocks, uh, and uh, just give it up because it just seems too tough. What do we do? You're right. So in the sense that uh, being on the cusp of something and being in the middle of something are very different um, energy levels, right? Mm -hmm. And content is creation and therefore it comes with its own um, energy barometer, if I could call it that. Right? Mm -hmm. like even simple things sometimes I notice like a mm -hmm. change of place or the right kind of coffee or being in the right kind of clothes that make you feel good. All these things are subconscious, uh, you know, influences on how we produce content. Now, I know for a fact that on the days when I'm writing newsletters, I try and go at it very differently. I would have a ritual for how uh, I would prepare myself for a day of that nature. And even with the podcast, we've seen that, I mean, producing two podcasts simultaneously is a bit of a you know, a uh, thing that takes a while, right? Like you, it, it's an identity that you have to kind of assume. Right. And on yeah. days, I think that where we show up, uh, you know, feeling good, uh, knowing what we are, you know, talking about, getting excited, the energy is so different. So I think sometimes filling that cup, right? Because you have to firstly accept that A, you are the creator. Uh, and even something as simple as putting out one LinkedIn post a week still makes you a creator right uh, I think that is something that we all need to accept and appreciate for what it means because we live in a world where there is enough and more opportunity to create right uh, and therefore use that use that framework of saying hey I own this identity being a creator is part of my job and therefore this is how I put myself out there that would be I think number one uh, something I learned from one of our guests the episode is going to come up soon as well is to really measure the energy levels on any given day now once that's done you have to get to the more practical stuff which is where i think what we discussed uh so far is really also helpful because you're not going at it blind right you're not saying okay what do i write about okay who do i talk to you already know what identity you are assuming and you also know who, what is the identity of the person you're addressing or the group that you're hoping to address which actually mm -hmm. becomes a huge resource for generating ideas right so mm -hmm. Me as a marketing consultant talking to you as a small business owner and that already generates, you know, at least 10, 15 different ideas in my head. Journaling uh, note taking is something that I have found to be very helpful because sometimes ideas come during the most uncomfortable times. So just having access to that one note taking app where I just put everything down seems to help because I know I can always go back to this when I hit a block. Uh, lastly, some amount of preparation, right? Like uh, going back to the example of our people who produced 14 episodes, um, mm. they're not going to release all 14 together, right? They're probably going to release two, three, and then they're going to, you know, have a weekly or a, you know, bi-weekly cadence or whatever that is. So 
some amount of predictability is always good. Uh, that said, in today's marketing environment for B2B companies, especially, I would not advise planning more than three months, four months ahead as far as content is concerned because the channels and media and how people consume content is changing very quickly. A lot of the Twitter audience is now on LinkedIn. A lot of the Facebook audience has already been on LinkedIn. So a lot of platforms are changing their identities as well as to what they mean to people. So plan for two, three months and keep at it. And I think both of us, Suva, have realized that once you do it for two, three months, it has a tendency to kind of become a little simpler. I wouldn't say it's just like cakewalk after that, but it's definitely easier. Hmm. No, makes sense. Makes sense. I think in all of this, there's just this one kind of persona I'm thinking about and uh, folks that we do meet who end of the day keep the, the narrative is, hey, I have a business to run. I'm not a content creator. Uh, this is not my day job or my night job. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing a good job. I'm running a good business. How do I get it out? Right. If I have to do this also, I can't. Okay, let's change that narrative, right? Because mm-hmm. you have to do it. This is the job, right? And mm-hmm. let's accept that. Okay. And I know it's easier said for probably for somebody whose day job and the creation are kind of overlapping, it's easier, right? But for say somebody who's in a very technical domain, uh, mm-hmm. who have all this knowledge, how do I get it out, uh, you know, there into the world? Uh, mm-hmm. One of the greatest barriers to doing that is to firstly tell yourself that this is not your job, right? Because this is your job. Uh, yeah. Or at least train the second in command until they are ready to do the job. And I've had, I've been lucky to kind of work with people who've done that for me. Uh, mm-hmm. My second, my first longest engagement, of course, is with you, Suba, and I hope it continues for a very long time. Uh, my second longest engagement was for a retail SaaS company that got acquired about a year, year and a half ago. Uh, and mm-hmm. I wrote their content for four and a half years. Now, mm-hmm. four and a half years in a freelance capacity is probably a record somewhere in the world, I have a feeling. Mm-hmm. And the only reason we were able to do that is because for the first six months, seven months, the company CEO would write outlines that went up to five, six hundred words, the outline. Mm-hmm. And I used to think, if this guy can write this, why can't he just write the blog? Like, why is he? I mean, I'm happy to get paid, but why does he want me? And it's only after those six months, I realized that he didn't have to give me an outline after that, Mm. right? He just had to give me the topic and I would write. Now, Mm. it takes a certain amount of faith. I mean, something that I'm also now trying to practice with the writers that I'm hoping to train. Um, You know, there are so many questions around investing in that resource and whether you want to be Mm. doing it. But just know that in doing that, you would have made a difference to somebody's quality of professional work right mm-hmm. and that in mm-hmm. itself is enough sometimes right you know they stay they leave that's a conversation probably for another day but by investing in that process and believing that it works uh, I found even today and every time we come across a retail SaaS project I send thanks to him in my mind because he set me up for success for seven eight years straight and hopefully mm-hmm. for many more right mm-hmm. so sometimes in domains especially that are challenging that are difficult to fathom uh, more technical uh, in fact i've had another client as well who's who's kind of invested the same amount the number of product demos he gave me mm-hmm. uh, for a cybersecurity project it was insane i mean to spend that kind of time you have to believe that it works right and mm-hmm. he gave me i think four product demos 
two sales calls in which I had a chance to sit, uh, you know, and then of course I came up with the brand tonality and we hashed out a few headlines and we did the content together. But that investment is going to have dividends uh, down the line. So do find, I think, if you find somebody who's good, uh, firstly, don't let them go. Uh, and keep looking until you find that person. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and secondly, uh, keep looking, right? Like there are extremely good uh, writers. There's an exceptional quantum of talent out there. I think they're just waiting to be trained by the right set of hands. No, I think that's a very fair point that, um, you know, both sides have to be invested in it. So if this is not your gig and you need the support and you need um, help and you're going to reach out to somebody, uh, invest in that process, I think, is what I'm yeah. hearing. Like truly, truly. And invest is not that one initial call saying, hey, this is the work that we do and you can check it out on our website, etc. But continuously invest till, till you are then comfortable that it may take three months sometimes it may take six months sometimes it might just happen in a month it depends right on how uh, complex or niche your work is uh, what kind of output you're looking for but I think true I think as a business owner also you have to truly invest in that uh, journey of bringing someone into the fold yeah so either it is your job to actually do the execution and, you know, if you have the skill set, by all means, you know, keep at it until you're ready to scale and make it bigger. Uh, if it's not something you're feeling comfortable with, uh, but still there is that job of, you know, that quantum of how do I pass this knowledge on? Or do you want to find somebody from the industry who also has a bit of a writing experience? Do you want to train someone from this, uh, you know, word go, which I have personally found to be very fruitful uh, because mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people don't then come with their own impressions and biases. And therefore, you're able to kind of, you know, train and hone them into who you want them to be. So whatever it is, that in itself is a job. Uh, so do think about creation, not just in terms of, am I creating a blog post? Am I creating a piece of content? But also in terms of, am I creating the next set of people who can do this for me? Like, I think that is very much part of the job today. Awesome. I think uh, quite a bit to give a lot of us clarity because it is a, it is a daily hustle just as much as the work core work that we do yeah and uh, some of this can help simplify it because the need to be out there is still and will continue to be quite important that's true we reach the cal newport level of uh, <laughs> hopefully <yeah. laughs> what, what would i call myself instead of baron savage i keep thinking sometimes like <laughs> Now it's time for the much-awaited Topical. So I think, uh, you know, Topical kind of writes itself this week. And I'm <laughs> going to go with content mangoge viral blog denge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Zomato always knows how to pull the rabbit out of the hat somehow. But it's interesting how it's gone viral and everybody is kind of getting on the bandwagon. I think it's just something simple, something to associate with, right? Like two billboards that are smart. Uh, God knows in traffic of the nature and variety that we have, sometimes we need that entertainment by the roadside. Uh, so it's always nice to be able to relate to a piece of content. It's definitely very exciting. And uh, yeah, I mean, Zomato is one of those brands that seems to be able to do it over and over again. Good for them. Um, you know, it's it just goes to show what kind of culture they have around creativity in that organization. And I appreciate that so much. 
yeah yeah no i think uh, to consistently have to beat yourself and i think at this point that's what uh, the swiggies and the zomatos must be aiming for because their yeah. own internal bar must be pretty high so true right and how do you keep doing that like you know we were talking earlier subha about the daily news cycle and there are shows that you know like the daily show which we kind of mm-hmm. watched for the longest time with trevor noah they go live daily that's the whole idea behind yeah. the daily show right and it's not easy to kind of do that and consistent quality every single time you have to be funny you have to be smart you may or may not have you know news every single day but as of course trevor noah himself admitted donald trump coming to power was just you know the icing on the cake for his career at least but uh, i do remember this episode you had shared with me a podcast between uh, adam grant and trevor noah i think where he talks about how that culture of creativity runs parallel to a culture of being able to be vulnerable right if you can't bring your insecurities to the room then you can't bring your creativity to the room and the interesting thing is i think we've seen this happen with the marvel cinematic universe you have to excuse me i just had to get that in um a lot in the last couple of years right they've been struggling with phase 4 they've been hits they've been misses uh they've tried some meta level stuff which honestly didn't resonate with a lot of hardcore fans uh but somewhere there is still that hope right that they will you know pull one out of the hat so to speak uh wakanda forever black panther 2 is kind of got mixed reviews I, personally i didn't like that movie so much so we are all still waiting i think waiting 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 for them to pull that one thing that will change the course of the mcu and somewhere i feel like they were initially when they were writing you know the movies that would eventually become infinity war and end game they were able to let their writers be vulnerable and run free so we get mm-hmm. a demigod who's you know very funny and we get uh, his brother who's very cunning and we get all these different layers right but somewhere they became victims of their own um, plot line so to speak mm-hmm. uh, hopefully now they're kind of um, changing that a bit and they're thinking a little more in terms of how can i let the person writing the story go crazy so i mean what can we really bring into our day to day lives is to know that we all have our days we all have our moments not every podcast episode is going to be equally bright and vibrant not every blog post is going to be full of you know rich and funny insights all the time but when that opportunity exists for the creator to grab it and for the ecosystem to let them be comfortable doing that i think like it's just not it, these are not jobs you can do if you're always looking over your shoulder no and while uh, you know the mcu tries to figure it out there will be an everything everywhere all at once that walked away with two golden globes this morning exactly so it's going to happen you but yeah. you you have to just keep you know trusting the process the people uh, keep reinvesting in it is what i'm hearing you know just uh, keep building that team of people who can support you or the way you do that creative process or the process yeah. of uh bringing things out there uh, yeah man it's a, it's a hustle just as much as the main job is <laughs> but you know, <laughs> yeah just to accept that yeah yeah 
just to accept that i think uh, makes a huge difference because then you're not resisting that process anymore um, and have fun creating oh god how many times have i said have fun <laughs> just do like a clip reel of every time i've said have fun on this podcast it'll be hilarious so but yeah i do have fun thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the damn good marketing podcast uh, advice mangunge solution to denge Uh, we hope you had fun listening to this and we are looking forward to producing so much more for you thank you bye oh god how many times have i said have fun <laughs> you have to be funny very funny rich and funny insights so have fun create have fun i do have fun i hope you had fun listening to this <laughs>